and welcome back to the Segway series, Transitioning into the New Normal. Brought to you by the School of Economics Government of De La Salle University. I'm Nazelle. And I'm Martha. And we are your hosts for today's episode. The Segway series, Transitioning into the New Normal, is a podcast series that aims to enlighten students on how COVID-19 has affected a particular industry in the country and how this industry is transitioning into the new normal. We'll look into the changes that these industries underwent because of COVID-19, also how they adjusted, as well as their future outlooks. Today's episode would be a continuation of our podcast last week, which talked about the effects of the pandemic on the food and beverage industry in the Philippines. Before we move on, make sure you take time to watch our previous episode on Spotify. That's bit.ly slash DLSU seg on Spotify. Or you can also catch us on Facebook via facebook.com slash segdlsu. For today, let us welcome back our very special guests from last week, the current Managing Director of McDonald's Philippines, Ms. Margot Torres, and the current Chief Finance Officer of Starbucks Philippines, Mr. Larry Cruz. Okay, so um, we've heard a lot about the working environment of the employees assigned in the different branches of both Starbucks and McDonald's. But we also wanted to learn about the working environment of the govern of the employees that are part of the home offices, since they're also they are also important stakeholders in the situ- in the situation that we're in. So we wanted to ask: so, what instruments or tools do you provide for your employees to ensure their productivity and self management while following protocol remotely? So there are two big buckets for us. Uh, one is uh, the wellness employee wellness, and the other one is learning and development. Uh, so um, we've all, we've had wellness in our plans, uh, but I think uh, mental wellness and anxiety that people feel is uh, is probably a priority during the pandemic. So we have what you call You Matter programs, um, and uh, we've introduced uh, Makumustahan. So the department heads do this regularly uh, with their with their. Uh, department members and for myself as managing director and for our CEO Kenneth Young, um, we do what we call Makafehan. So it's a smaller group, but we really make time to talk to about eight or nine people, and then um, we send them food, so we're able to to talk about uh, anything. Frankly, it, it's it's an unstructured discussion, but I think. Uh, the effort of uh, making time, carving out time in a busy schedule is appreciated. And it's also a way for us to find out how the employees are feeling. Uh, we've increased our town hall frequency. We used to do it every quarter, but I think now we're doing it every two months. Uh, because really, there's there's a lot of updating that has to happen. Um, we have on the learning and development side, upskilling. I think is very important. So we launched an RSC, and the RSC means Restaurant Support Center, and RGM means the Restaurant General Manager. They both have different open universities. We call it OpenU, and um, there's a whole uh, content, or if you want, course plan. So there are courses, structured courses, and we do we continue to do the e-learning uh, for training, and then we also have what we call the RSC Live series, whether it's a fireside chat with our founder, George Yang, or we invite um, uh, people from McKinsey, Boston Consulting, from our agencies uh, to share. So the topics vary, uh, both external and internal speakers. 
And then, of course, uh, our platform really has been the MS needs. So it's really those, those two big buckets on wellness for employees um, and then on upscaling or learning and development. I, I won't talk now about the physical wellness, uh, but that goes without saying. Uh, of course, we keep our employees healthy uh, and safe. With the pro making sure we follow protocols, we provide vitamins. I mean, I I, I didn't think I I dwell on that, but that's uh, that's also a given. Um, Mr. Larry, would you like to add your insights on that? Uh, of course, we used uh, just like um, McDonald's, we our main communication tool nowadays is Teams, Microsoft Teams, using either video or, or audio call. And we also have our own town halls every other month. Uh, and I use this platform for me personally to catch up with my, with my, with my, uh, uh, with my team as well. Uh, I've heard of some companies that when you log in, you know, they're, they're online, we're working hard, how many hours are, are they really working the system. We don't, we don't have those sophisticated tools. Uh, in terms of uh, tracking how the people are doing uh, uh, emotionally, uh, mentally, of course, we have those regular chats. In terms of productivity, we, it's, we're basically just results-oriented. If the results are coming in, the deliverables are being met, uh, it, it's a good indication for us that people, although they're working from home, are really doing their share support the company and it's not the number of cars that you log in it's really the quality of uh, of the out uh, of course now it's email and then phone call and maybe chat but it's the best that we can do for now uh, what i've noticed that we've had more meetings in some weeks compared to prior to covid and i uh, and there were certain weeks that they're really more stressful. Even sitting through video call after video call uh, in a certain peak. So a lot of people might, okay, working from home is such a breeze, but after some time, it will take uh, some call. Uh, which is why I think similar to McDonald's, we, we had a series of mental awareness of mental fitness uh, course it's still uh, online but uh, this just just to give some perspective on how on how to relax during a prolonged work from home setting uh, uh, prior to joining Starbucks I'm quite used longer hours log online at Coca-Cola because we're global different time zones in Starbucks although because we're companies as a licensee it's really a family owned business a lot of people are not used to getting emails at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m., even at 5 a.m., but I'm used to that. So uh, there there were some adjustment periods, but, and you would know who, who were the people who were quick to adjust in this new type of online setup. So again, for Starbucks, for Stan Coffee, our company, there's a lot of trust between the management, the leaders, and the partners. That's why they're called partners. So, so far, we've been able to see this pandemic, and I'm confident that 
will still be at the support center work, uh, working from home. Now, for the frontliners, of course, it's a different case. Uh, they they they're exposed. They have they have more risk of uh, getting the COVID. But we have the protocols. We have the support. We have a rigid daily monitoring of the partners at the stores. Unfortunately, there have been some cases of Starbucks partners getting infected. Uh, and the, the diagnosis, it's not really coming from the store. It's, mm -hmm. it's from members of the same household who's mm -hmm. also working. So, but, but they have, uh, once a partner is diagnosed or even the suspect of being open, they get 14 days uh, leave, a quarantine leave. Even if they eventually become negative or it's a false alarm, they, they get paid 14 days. Also, so to encourage people, okay, don't, you don't hide from management and getting something because you, you won't lose your income. So they have medical benefits, they have paid leaves. At the start of the quarantine, uh, our partners were, were, were paid for one and a half months, even if they were not working. So I think with with all of this, the companies provided the support. Thankfully, we've been able to fund it just to see where the negative sides uh, of this pandemic. Um, actually, now that you've mentioned it, uh, uh, given that you both agreed earlier that working from home has actually been more productive for you, do you see a possibility for employees to be permanently assigned remotely even after the quarantine has been lifted? Um, I would uh, I balance that with um, the need to continue to build the culture of the company. And I think face-to-face -face interaction really contributes to that. You know, even Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook had like a, a global webcast where he shared his principles on work from home. And he, he would mention that uh, uh, based on the survey of their employees, they miss that, uh, the camaraderie, uh, the face-to-face -face interaction. So... When things are better, public transport is, um, there's more supply on public transport. Uh, we've started to flatten the curve. Um, we would like our employees to go back to the office. I think it will change in the sense that um, we, we will not need as much office space. Um, and, you know, we occupy like, we occupy several buildings. So we have one building where we have about four floors. We have another building with one floor. We have the third, the main building, uh, where most of the offices are with uh, four, four floors as well. So I think that is the case because everybody has a space. You know, it's, it's, and it's your space. So when you're out on field, nobody occupies that space. So you know that concept of hot desks uh, where it's actually a common space and it can and if there's an empty desk go use it it's not dedicated to an employee and maybe we'll probably invest in lockers uh, because you will have your personal locker but um, there will be hot desks maybe some of the executives will retain their their offices but i think the concept of flexibility um, which includes work from home, which includes uh, flexibility in time, uh, will will already happen. Um, maybe not not only for McDonald's, but in general. Uh, and there and therefore, the implication to costs 
is you save on rent, on office rent, because you won't need as much space. So maybe more conference rooms, um, classrooms for training. But then again, you know, we also save on travel costs because everyone is here in Metro Manila, all the main offices. But we do have uh, stores in besides Mindanao. So maybe instead of flying them over for class, they're the ones who will be online. So it's like a hybrid class. Some are online, some are actually at the, at the classroom. That, that's how I see it. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, work from home. I would see that continuing. Uh, I think for most companies, the head offices are working from home until the end of the year. We'll probably go back. Uh, definitely, you would want at some point to see have a day-to-day, go back to the face-to-face -face interaction. Nothing beats that, uh, having the face-to-face -face management style. Uh, probably next year, I, I see it's a gradual return. Prior to this lockdown, we already have a Team A, Team B concept. 50% uh, you, you go to the office to speak, and then the other 50% goes to the office the following week. Uh, I think after 100% work from home, we might go into that. And then probably when the vaccine, the much-awaited vaccine is here, so that will probably trigger the chance to have the usual day-to-day, uh, everyday, face-to-face uh, work in the office. Uh, but just like what Margot said, I don't think we will never go back to COVID. This... Uh, and the past six, six and a half months, I think for most companies, we did well. Away, well, this is an alternative way of managing a business enterprise. And, and that would result, that would have some implications on real estate space. Prior to the COVID, uh, our office in Jupiter, Makati, getting overcrowded. It's just a four year old office. The company was thinking of renting an office building for the expansion, definitely those expansions are put off uh, because there are alternative ways of handling an expanded uh, money workforce for the company through virtual uh, tools such as this. And you might not uh, need people uh, reporting to the office daily, or you will have, as Margot suggested, a new way of moving common offices, uh, except perhaps uh, for the key executives of the company. So definitely the habits of the last six and a half months will be carried over into the future years as, uh, and will be, I think, one of the key learnings and opportunities arising from this pandemic. So thank you for sharing with us your insights on the management side of things because we've heard so far how the pandemic has affected your respective companies from the perspective from the point of view of consumers to the employees working in the branches as well as to the, your respective teams in the management side of your company. So given your distinguished positions in McDonald's and in Starbucks, how was your leadership challenge during this pandemic? Um, as a person, I actually thrive in ambiguity. 
that's a positive way of saying I hate structure <laughs> or routine. Um, I, I like change. And, you know, this is like the ultimate change that's happening. Um, and, and probably uh, that's why I've, I've always been driven and um, I always advocate in the company the need for transformation because I thought learning agility is probably one of the most important uh, qualities, uh, not just of a leader, but of an employee. Um, and um, same as resilience. So um, I, I've actually, um, the challenge of navigating this pandemic and this crisis is, is something I, I welcome. Um, I like the challenge. Uh, so as a person and I think um, as a leader, that's, um, that's something within my own comfort zone because I, I like it. I enjoy it. Uh, my greatest challenge uh, during this pandemic is extending my knowledge, okay, to understanding the medical side of things. I'm not a doctor. I am not a scientist, okay? And yet, for you to make the right decision on what are the correct measures for people, your employees, for people, your customers, you need to understand the science. Okay, and, and I cannot just rely on what DOH is reporting daily. I really need to get dig, dig deeper. And, and yeah, well, yeah, actually, you know, a lot of people are saying the way they're interpreting the numbers is, um, and, and I've learned this through, through the months, that it's really not about the total number of cases. Uh, because that's probably a good measure if you want to compare to other countries. Because the total number of cases, frankly, even relates to the number of the population of the country, right? So it is also, it is more active cases because that impacts our operation day to day. And the other important thing is where are those active cases? Because then it impacts all the way to the store level. Yeah. Also, how many percent of those active cases are actually mild? So, you know, it's understanding that or even what they call the case doubling rate because uh, the number of days it takes for cases to double impacts the turnover of beds in the hospital and the capacity, if you want. So that, that's one new thing for me understanding the science and the other new thing for me actually is um i am more actively in fact i'm at the forefront of um uh, our company getting involved with um the other companies so i'm often now in private sector meetings um and uh it is this private sector that collaborates with government so, um, and it's our opportunity to influence policy. So whether, and navigating that is a totally new thing. I mean, it's one thing to be able to call uh, the DTI secretary and tell him, please, you're ruining the customer experience. Can you please make the aircon in the mall cooler? Um, it, you know, because you put it at 26 degrees. 26 okay, I get degrees. it. You know, I get it. You, um, it, it's because you uh, you don't want people to linger. And that was ECQ, but it's so different now. 
Now you want people to go back and restart the economy. Well, maybe you can start by making it a little more comfortable for customers. So they, they, he issued a guideline that it's now 24 degrees. So it's, it's that. Um, I think that's my biggest challenge now, navigating the whole um, policy making um, a sphere and being able to influence that sphere. Um, ensuring that we're able to protect our interests, not just for McDonald's, but really for the entire uh, restaurant and retail industry. It's the test of how work from home or remote work can work, even if managing a large enterprise. And I, I humbly speaking that I've been able to contribute to some innovative ways that the company can learn from this and can there is this learning, strengthen the overall management as we move hopefully beyond this pandemic coming. Definitely the challenge is uh, agility of learning, being able to coordinate and manage in a remote setup. I think that's a key challenge and also a key learning uh, that we can carry out of this pandemic. I had one more challenge Papala, to add. Okay. Um, one of the biggest challenges is, is speaking, you know, online. So I, I had to invest in my lighting, in a oh. nice microphone. Um, and and because it affects your presence, you know, when, when you're when you're speaking to a large audience. Um, and, and of course, uh, lear learning all the, the features of whatever platform you're going to use. Yeah, to speak. the tools, yeah. Yeah, so, so it's funny, you know, I laugh about it that my alternative career after, after this pandemic is I, I'm going to be either a great photographer or cinematographer <laughs> because I've learned so much about lighting. <laughs> well, especially in your um, case, Margie, you're, you're the managing director. You need to come out well. <laughs> So as not to distract the message. <laughs> but of course, last year when our IPP was installing teams, they were not giving a big fuss out of it. But luckily, they, they still proceeded and without this, without this tool, we would not have been able to manage the company remotely for more. You of know course, that's the same for us, Larry. Um, I think by the, right before the pandemic hit, which was about March, uh, right before the quarantine, we still had about a hundred stores that had to shift to Microsoft uh, Office, which includes Teams. So we rushed that, uh, so that you know when the quarantine was was happened, everybody was already connected. And then it was so funny because within the the execom, our executive committee, I was threatening everybody because we have a WhatsApp thread. They said, if any of you send a message on WhatsApp, I'm going to charge you 20 pesos. And I'm going to count this until the end of the year. And I'm going to ask you to donate that amount to the Christmas party. Because they kept using WhatsApp and they refused to adapt to Teams. When I had already formed a group in Teams and I said, can we talk about things on Teams? This is going to be the new thing. Lo and behold, in the pandemic, they had no choice. 
everybody shifted to teams. Crash course. Learning yeah, teams. it's suddenly I lost the 20 peso pot, you know. Um, so WhatsApp is, is still uh, is still there. I think it's a it's a good backup channel. It's a um, but, uh, Yeah, yeah. But that's what happened. So Martha, sorry I interrupted you. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Um, so based on your personal learnings from the pandemic, we also wanted to know your thoughts on moving forward amidst the COVID-19. So we wanted to know what are your top priorities and plans for the next couple of months? You can go first, Ms. Margot. So, um, well, the priorities are one, we have to recover revenue. Very important. And related to that is we have to rebuild the operation. I hope you realize, ladies, that uh, curfew still exists. We yes. have a lot of 24-hour stores. And because curfew is some, some LGUs have it at 8, I think they've extended it to 10. There are a few LGUs, but maybe one-fourth of our company stores are already 24 hours. Uh, but um, generally, we're following curfew. And therefore, you lose a certain day part, and that also builds sales. And if we do not operate 24 hours, essentially, we only need two shifts. There is a third shift, which provides employment that is missing. So um, that lifting of curfew will really make a big difference. Um, also, uh, rebuilding the operations also includes um, when the restriction on the age limit is finally also relaxed. I, mean, I can't understand why even at least 15 years old and up can, can't go out. Or even seniors are not allowed uh, to, to, you know, to go around. Uh, I, I, I can't imagine these people for another 12 months in the entire 2021 just staying in their homes. You know, they're all, you know, if, if people don't die from COVID, they're, they're probably going to die from from just going crazy, okay, <laughs> uh, within the four, the confines of their homes. Uh, so that's the second thing, you're building operations. The other one is rethinking the organization. That includes, it's rethinking the organization because that includes uh, checking what future skills we need, um, what, what competencies are missing in the organization, uh, as well as the design, uh, the structure of the organization, because if we are going to remodel our business, review the cost structure, that will have an implication on organizational design. And the fourth area is accelerating digital. Um, so we, we have started the transformation, but I think we have to, you know, go into fifth gear and really accelerate this. Uh, I see, I'm sure you've seen also on the news that our main competitor uh, is going to invest about 7 billion pesos on just technology uh, and digital. That's for all their brands and for, 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 I think, the whole corporation around the world. So... Um, that means, you know, we also have to keep pace with, with what competition will be doing. So just those four things. Uh, on, on my case, uh, basic priorities that I'm handling right now. As mentioned, our fiscal year ends this Wednesday, September 30. So, of course, there are basic finance, we close up the books, uh, etc. 
for the roll of the budgets as we start our new fiscal year. So we have the October 1 as the start of our fiscal year 2021. It's an opportunity for us, not just finance, but for the entire company to start fresh with re uh, restated targets that have been accepted by our principals. It's, it has been, of course, the pandemic has been demoralizing. If you're chasing, if, you're, if, you, if the company has been used to exceeding targets, exceeding the budget, and suddenly you're now, you're seeing a lot of threads in your financial and sales support. So it's an opportunity for us to start afresh, a new set of targets, and be in, in finance helping roll that out. We are optimistic uh, working with the rest of the company that uh, things would improve uh, as, as the government relaxes, uh, ease up the restrictions, we are looking forward, and this is the test case, the coming Christmas season will be the test case of how good our fiscal year 2021 would be. Traditionally, the Christmas season accounts for around 40, even up to 45% of our fiscal year performance. So if we do good, if we start strong, and there are indications the past week, Consumer confidence, although still way, way below what we're, we're used to. Uh, sales has been picking up. Uh, there has been some interest in some of our promos. So we will continue to support that from our side as as, as, we say it, as the CFO. We do a lot of backroom support to all of the uh, things that are frontliners, the operations, the store operations, and our marketing team has in store for uh, the coming quarter, leading up to the Christmas season. So those are our top priority. Wait, I have a top priority. What's going to happen to the planner, Larry? Still be a Christmas promo, the planner with some variation. So are we going to collect co collect the stickers digitally now? Uh, we started digital last year, so it will continue to be in digital, and there will be an option for a physical speaker. But I'm sure a lot will will, will move to digital. Uh, I'm sorry, I cannot divulge uh, the plans, but there will be some hype around Christmas. And as mentioned, it will be a test case. Uh, so what's a Christmas without a planner promotion? So definitely. Uh, uh, we've been thinking about it now. Okay, we still go planning. So what happens if we go back to a lockdown? So the planner is useless. But we're quite optimistic that uh, our generally the Filipino the Philippine market will be more livelier. Will be more activities, and I think the planner will come in hand for twenty twenty one. So thank you for sharing with us your insights about how your leadership has affected the pandemic as well as how you plan to move forward amidst the COVID-19 situation. And we'd like to share that it's not just companies or uh, food and beverage industry which were affected by the pandemic, but us students as well. We also had to adjust with having Zoom classes all day and uh, also even... Um, those who students who are taking internship and on-the-job trainings are also trying to find ways to adapt to the work-from-home setup. 
And given that lots of economic students really do eye to end up in the corporate world and to end up in big companies such as McDonald's, Starbucks, and other companies in the food and beverage industry, to wrap up this interview, we would like to ask our last question on, is there any advice you can give to students who wish to start a career in the food and beverage industry during this time? Ooh. Um... I, I'd, I'd focus, I think, on important traits. Um, and I think the traits doesn't apply only to the food and beverage industry. Uh, but to the students, um, I think um, uh, employers would really be interested in traits such as uh, learning agility. And that really means um, it's not about speed of work. You know, it's not about responding fast, but it's certainly about um, adapting to a first-time situation. So maybe it's uh, for, for somebody new, a fresh graduate, uh, there are no biases that you bring. But to a lot of people have been in a company for several years. Uh, it is quite a challenge to let go of old rules and adapt to new ones. But to a student, agility would really mean adapting to a new work environment, to the new demands. Uh, and the second one, I think, is uh, determination. Uh, there will always be frustrations. Uh, and you will not always be commended for good work. Uh, but I think that kind of determination to keep pushing uh, is, is what will get you to a place where you would have um, accumulated learnings and and developed into um, into a better um, employee, and maybe a third one is resilience. You know, it's um, things are ne life has never really been predictable, right? That's what makes it exciting. Um, it's it's such so unpredictable. You don't know what what's going to be thrown at you, uh, but it's how really you respond to that. Uh, and how resilient you are that that will make you not just survive okay but succeed so i i'd, I'd bring up those three things uh, learning agility determination and resilience okay uh you asked the seller some advice now to to I, I guess graduating students this year or or in the coming year definitely we, we have to accept that uh, we're in a crisis situation. Uh, a lot of people are losing their jobs. Unemployment went up almost 20% uh, a few months ago. So we have to understand the world that you're coming in as you graduate. Thank God you had your online classes. If not for online, you would still be in school up to 2022. So we have to accept that. I think one advice is that... Uh, we cannot control what's happening right now. We can control, or you can control, how you react to this situation. My advice is for you to make, of course, it's difficult, though. Before you were in face-to-face -face school, you were in a campus, uh, and that's part of the fun, right? of being in college or being in school, meeting up your friends, you can go out, you can go to Starbucks or McDonald's. Suddenly, you're cramped in your room, forced with your family for the last six and a half months. You can't control how you will react. 
suddenly you have more time. And I, I hopefully, and I would advise, if you had spent that time learning more, learning agility or, the, or learning new things, there are a lot of online courses. If you're bored with your day-to-day uh, -day school, online stuff, there are other things to learn, not just academically. Pick up a skill, a new skill, uh, a hobby that you haven't had time before. So what I'm saying is you cannot control COVID, but you can control how you react to it, how you make the most of your time, and accept reality that it's going to be difficult, let's say, for next year. Go find a job. Because a lot of people now are losing their jobs. But definitely for bright, uh, young, bright people, continue to uh, strive to do well in your academics. That's your best prefer preparation. Because in the end, you will now go in, into an interview using a Zoom or a Teams call. And of course, in preparation for that, you'll have your resume, you'll have your transcript. So try to make the best in your remaining terms in school because it's going to be extra competitive later this year or even this year. But once you accept that fact, then build the resilience, build the patience, equip yourself with all of the necessary skills. I'm sure if I'm going to interview, when we're allowed to resume hiring, one of my questions is, what have you done from the pandemic? Of course, you have to answer differently. No? Of course, you have to back it up with something. At least you've learned something outside of your academics. But well, okay, I'm a hiring manager or director. Okay. This person must be different. They didn't just wait for the vaccine to come or or for the government to tell them it's okay to go out. So make the most of your time. You can control what you do. You cannot control COVID, but you can control how you will make the most of your time this, this, this pandemic. Wow. You know, ladies, there is a wonderful proverb um, that, that I think your Segway uh, listeners should, should remember. I, I like it. So it's my favorite. It says, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate clothing. It's really about your mindset and your attitude uh, because I think um, this might be unprecedented, as they say, this kind of crisis. But the reality is when the vaccine comes out for COVID, I don't think that's the end of ever having another virus. We should yeah. accept the reality that some new virus can can come our way um fingers crossed okay and uh with faith and hope that this will not turn into a pandemic and we may have learned how to deal with it but that's not the end of um, of viruses so wear the appropriate clothing uh in whatever situation you find yourself in um, wow, that's actually really encouraging as students ourselves. And that's actually such a nice quote, a quote that I hope to see in the next Starbucks planner. Um, that was all truly insightful. Thank you. But unfortunately, that's all the time that we have today. We would like to express our utmost gratitude for our guests today, Ms. Margot Torres and Mr. Larry Cruz, for taking time out of your very busy work schedules to share with us your insights about the pandemic and the new normal. Thank you for inviting us. It's been a privilege and it's nice uh, e-meeting Margot. 
of course, Giselle and Martha. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Giselle, Martha. Great to meet you, Larry. Okay, so uh, I hope your listeners of Segway uh, picked up a thing or two. Thanks for the invite. And that's a wrap. We learned so much about the adjustment journey for the food and beverage industry and how despite these challenging times, these companies still find ways to provide the best products and services for their customers. And at the same time, still manage to take care of their employees. We hope to see you again on our next episode. Make sure to like our Facebook page and to follow us on Spotify to get the latest updates. Once again, I'm Lizelle. And I'm Martha, and this is the Segway Series.